Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Support for the Dan Patrick Show podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home is so much more than a house. It's your own little slice of heaven. That's why when you find the perfect place for you and your family, getting a mortgage shouldn't get in the way. Imagine how it feels to have an award-winning team by your side through every step of this process. It's awesome. Exactly what you get with Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Their team of mortgage experts obsessed with finding a better way, which means that their number one goal, make home buying process smoother for you. With industry-leading online lending technology developed in the heart of Detroit, Rocket Mortgage is changing the game. It's an award-winning client service and support every step of the way. Quicken Loans has helped millions of Americans achieve their dream of home ownership, and they're going to help you. Visit rocketmortgage.com slash Dan. Take the first step toward the home of your dreams. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Push button. Get mortgage. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Mansion, this is Dan Patrick. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's all here, ready to go. Morale is high. If you thought you had the NFL figured out, all you had to do was watch yesterday and go, I don't know what's going on here. There were a couple of numbers that stood out. If I told you that this quarterback had, well, his passer rating for the last four games, 133, 155, 131, 140, this quarterback joins Russell Wilson as the only quarterbacks in the Super Bowl era to have a passer rating of 130 or higher in four straight games. You wouldn't say Ryan Tannehill. You would not. But uh, Ryan Tannehill, the the comeback, and I think Tennessee is probably going to try to re-sign Ryan Tannehill. And at age 30, he is uh, having some great success here. And you start to, you, you know, just you're watching these games, and you go, okay, this is why I don't trust the Texans. You watch that game, and you go, wait, 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 wait. Denver is up. Wait, Denver's up? Texans, after the after the win against New England, you got a rookie quarterback, his second game ever, and all of a sudden, he looks like a rock star out there. And Denver beats the Texans. Kansas City goes in and beats New England. Yes, questionable calls there. And for a change, the calls didn't go New England's way. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, coming up. But it was kind of baffling yesterday. The Niners and Saints, okay. I'm not surprised the Niners won. I am surprised that they're combining for 100 points in this game. Boy, that was a lot of fun. But the, the Niners, Niners look great. To be able to do that, okay, if you look at what the Niners have done, you blow out Green Bay, you go to Baltimore, and you go toe-to-toe with Baltimore in that weather at their place, and it could have easily gone the other way. And then you go to New Orleans and win? Boy, that's impressive stuff there. And then I look at the Ravens. You know, if you look at what the Ravens were up against, if you looked at their schedule two months ago, the Ravens at Seattle, New England, yes, they had Cincinnati, they had Houston at the Rams, San Francisco, and then at Buffalo. And this is a Buffalo team with nine wins. You probably would have thought, if you can go four and three, maybe five and two, you'll take that. They went seven and oh. 
And the Ravens are no fluke. And this is what I've said about the Ravens that you don't always see with other teams. Can you win when your quarterback's not great? And Lamar Jackson wasn't great yesterday. But they did win, and they won with their defense. Now, granted, they shut down a Buffalo offense that doesn't use a capital O in offense. But they still beat them and beat them in Buffalo. And I thought that that was really impressive. All right, getting ahead of myself. Peter King from NBC Sports will join us. Kirk D. Cousins from the Vikings will join us a little bit later on. David Pollack from the Mothership will recap the college football playoffs. They got it right this year, right? Unintentionally, they got it right. Because basically, this was an 18 playoff. You know, these were play-in games. But you're, if, if you're a forest instead of an elite, uh, eightist, then they got it right. You know, we just were concerned, uh, questioning who was going to be that number four team in there. But did they get it right with LSU and Ohio State? I guess that's the what, – what's the noise back there, McLovin? They got it completely lucky. Lucky okay. doesn't mean right. They happened to get it right. They didn't get it right. It happened to fall upon them right. Okay. What if Utah had won and Oklahoma had won? Then would they have gotten it right? But they didn't. Blind luck. <laughs> but this would happen with the BCS all the time. Where you go, oh, okay, two best teams are playing. They got it right. We don't need a four-team playoff. You had eight teams sort of involved in this, maybe seven, maybe six, but you still had a playoff feel to this past weekend. But we'll talk to David Pollack about this. You know, if there's any anybody who's going to be grumpy about it, it'll be Ohio State. But don't give me this, well, you know, Ohio State, that second half against Wisconsin, that's the reason why they should be number one. No, no. The first half also has to be factored in. I can't give you credit for the second half. The reason why you needed the second half was because of your first half. Oh, that's the mark of a great team. Okay. LSU was dominant from start to finish against an outmanned Georgia team. And LSU, to me, they deserve to be the number one team. Now, we can make an argument about Clemson, but we'll we'll leave that to David Pollack, who will join us uh, coming up. This program brought to you by True Car. Two cars shows you what other people paid for the car you want. So when you're ready to discover, buy, or sell your next car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Yeah, there's so much going on here. So we'll talk college football. Giants and the Eagles coming up tonight. I think if you're the Eagles, you would rather have seen Daniel Jones than Eli Manning for some reason. It just feels like that. Because the Eagles are probably going, can Eli have some magic here? Eli's been in this situation before. Daniel Jones on the road against Philadelphia. I'd feel a little bit better, even though Daniel Jones is more of a weapon than Eli. Eli's been here before. We'll come up with a poll question, play of the day, a stat of the day or two, and you can tell us what you saw that you liked, you didn't like, best and worst of the weekend. We'll get to your phone calls coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Tom Brady, since week after week three, has looked pedestrian-like. And... I don't know if this impacts him wanting to stay in New England, New England wanting him to stay in New England, but he has completed exactly 50% of his passes in the last three games. Lowest completion percentage of any three-game span in his career. This is a team that can't score. The defense is only so good for so long, and, you know, Kansas City could have blown that one wide open. Now, were there some calls there that were questionable? Yes. But Belichick, if, you, if you're going to challenge his spot, you lost it. Okay. You know, you're challenging the spot, and if you've you got to be right on those things. And it's really tricky when you're challenging a spot. You would have had the Harry touchdown. There was a pass interference call. 
New England was to their own detriment in that game. The offense, there's no imagination whatsoever. I mean, it got to the point where Kansas City's double-teaming Julian Edelman, basically saying, you got anybody over there? And Edelman still came up with a couple of catches. There's no running game. And Kansas City's defense, I don't know if Kansas City's defense is that good, but Kansas City's defense looked good enough where you go, "Mm," on second thought, they can go to the Super Bowl with that defense, coupled with that offense. I mean, that was the feeling I was getting, and I didn't think that. But the last couple of weeks, they played really well. But New England, you know, you've lost to the division leaders. You've lost to, you know, the Ravens. You lost to Kansas City. You lost to the Texans here. I'm still not off their bandwagon. <laughs> I'm still, I, I refuse. You can't quit them? I, w- I refuse until you stab them and they're dead and last rites and I see the casket close. I would not go against them. Yes, he it might be a little bit of wishful thinking, but the Patriots have been terrible the last couple of weeks, and we're still right in both of those games. I know. That's, I mean, that says something about the team, that maybe they're not quite as bad. If you get a couple of calls that are supposed to go your way last night, they win that game. Oh. And then, <laughs> oh, well, back row. Back and row. Then, uh, that game against the Texans went right down to the last play, too. So Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't go against them. Even the worst Patriots team we've seen in 20 years. It's still pretty good. They're still dangerous enough. But, you know, they had some plays that didn't go their way. Uh, Kansas City made some plays and gets out of there with a victory. Yeah. New England's going to have to kind of figure it out somehow, some way. I don't know who Deion Sanders thinks is coming to play for the Patriots because he, he better show up soon. Who is Dion going to play for the Patriots? Because I... I don't know who's going to help him, but Dion a couple of weeks ago was guaranteeing somebody was going to come in and help the Patriots' offense. And I went, unless it's Antonio Brown, I don't know who's coming in to help him. And now the report comes out that they're not going to bring in Antonio Brown. Yeah, Paul. Unfortunately, I was watching the Cardinals play last night, and I still feel bad for Larry Fitzgerald. I, I want him to finish his career as a Patriot. I think the trade deadline's gone. There's got to be some yeah. type of waiver that can be signed. Let him play for the rest of the season for the Patriots. Have a chance at a ring. Yeah, I don't think it works that way. I know, but it should. Like the commissioner's exempt list, they should have one to help out players who haven't really been able to play on a high level. To help Larry Fitzgerald rule. Yeah. He got to the Super Bowl. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yes, McLovin. The Patriots really need another inside slow receiver. <laughs> they only have nine of them. Meanwhile, Tariq Hill is so fast. They're showing the highlights right now. It's like a different team, a different sport out there with the Patriots. Well, Kansas City has three guys for their 4 by 100 relay team. They, they really do. And it doesn't matter. They could put Andy Reid in there as their fourth guy and still probably have the fastest 4 by 100 relay team in football. All right. Uh, what kind of poll question do we have today? Uh, question I, I put out, the Ravens are the field in the AFC right now. I know you said that you won't kill the Patriots, but if you had to bet, would that be a safe bet that they're going to come out of there, probably get home field throughout? Well, the field still includes the team that I said was going to go to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs. So I, I would say I'll, I'll, I'll take the field there. But, you know, the Ravens are doing what you want great teams to do. You know, they're, they're winning those games. Defense has been good. Lamar Jackson did not play great yesterday, but you still win those games. You know, that's my problem with the Vikings. When Kirk D. Cousins doesn't play well, they don't win. And you have to have a game or two where if the quarterback doesn't play great, the defense picks you up, the running game picks you up, special teams picks you up. 
That's the difference between what I see with the Vikings and what I see with the Ravens. The Ravens have been able to do that because Lamar Jackson wasn't great yesterday. But give credit to Buffalo. That defense is good. Josh Allen had a horrible game, and they were still in that game. And a chance to, you know, maybe tie that game. Yes, McLevin. So I think your Bills have a great chance. They have the Jets left to get to 10 wins. But if they lose to the Steelers, they're no. they're a good chance of missing the playoffs altogether. And the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, done a wonderful job there. Kind of a makeshift lineup on offense. And I know they beat Arizona. But you got to win these games. We're seeing teams. You know, the Texans lost to the Broncos at home. I mean, Drew Locke has played two more games in the NFL than I have. And all of a sudden, this guy looks like Elway out there. Go ahead, Fritzy. 30 seconds. I was very impressed. He looked very poised. They went to the uh, – he beat the Chargers at home and then for his first road game ever, a last-place AFC West team against a first-place AFC South team, 4-8 and eight against 8-4. and four. Three touchdowns over 309 yards, 309 yards passing. And uh, maybe we got something. Look out to Chiefs at Arrowhead next week. Okay. All right. You only needed 20 seconds there. Have you found your quarterback? It's way too soon to say that. But, but I, I love his energy and his enthusiasm. I like that they uh, you know tried some things and weren't so conservative and punting like crazy. All right, what else do we have, McLovin? Poll question. Okay, uh, this, is, this is a little mean, but does New York's officiating office have any idea what they're doing, yes or no? <laughs> what is going on? Now there's pass interference overcalls, overturns? Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, what's happening in the beginning part of the year? I have no idea. Did Tom Brady tweet something and they changed their entire philosophy once I, again? I have no idea. But something changed yesterday where I went, wait a minute. They're overturning calls here. Why? And, and why do you think Brady's the one that maybe sent oh, it Oh, Remember he tweeted about the, all the offensive holding calls on Monday Night well, that Football? Was, yeah, that was. And they changed it on a dime at the half. And now they're changing this pass interference. I'd like to see. I think it's unfair that there's a rule in the first half of the season and then a completely different rule in the second half. Do you know this is going to set up for disaster in the playoffs? Remember, you know, when, when hey, we got to correct, we got to overcorrect the Rams and the Saints call, and we're gonna we're gonna ensure that we get it right. It's going to set up. I think there's disaster looming here. It really is. There's just there's going to be one of those calls again. Yeah, McLovin. What if it happens to the Saints again? No, no, can't you can't. Uh, here's Sean Payton after yesterday's loss at home to the Niners. Listen, you're talking to me right after a tough loss, so are you telling me how I'm supposed to feel? All right, I don't feel encouraged. All right, I feel frustrated because we had opportunities earlier in the game offensively to take advantage of field position. We had a number of opportunities. We had missed assignments, so no, I'm not, I'm not encouraged that way. Yeah. He didn't want to hear one question about the officials. Yes, he all right, dude. You tell me how I'm supposed to feel. Oh man, the guy's just asking a question, right? Jeepers. Yeah, McLovin. I learned something interesting in that game. There was a fake punt where Taysom Hill threw a long pass, and the other, the Saints defender, um, sorry, the Niners defender interfered with the receiver. But you can't call pass interference on a, a fake punt. Yeah, he's a gunner. That Sean Payton still went ballistic. Yep. Um, but man, you, you're setting up, like you said. Officiating is really hard these days because we study it so closely. And I give the Niners credit because I didn't know the rule that that I can interfere with the gunner if it's a fake punt. I did I did not know that. Do you think the defender knew it, or was he just doing his? I'm not sure he knew a pass was even coming. He was just pushing. Oh, it. I'm giving him credit. Like, oh man, he must have known something because I I certainly didn't. Any other poll questions? 
Yeah, Paulie had a funny one. Uh-oh. <laughs> that means it's snarky. It is snarky. What would you rather see the rest of the season? Eli Manning playing great or Tom Brady playing awful? Where'd that come from? Well, I, I love when things mess with the, the game plan. If Tom Brady plays really bad the rest of the season and they bow out of the playoffs, that's going to make for a very interesting offseason. But even more so, I want Eli Manning to play career football for the next four weeks and really screw up the Giants' plans long-term. Because if he plays lights out, they're still not bringing him back. So that, that means he gets another job somewhere and could, you know. I don't know. But I want that. I want them to move on from Eli after Eli plays great. It's it's just such a strange position at quarterback. Remember, Ryan Tannehill was an afterthought coming to the Titans. And you're like, why would he go to the Titans? And I think at the beginning of the year, I said, by week seven, he's going to be starting because they have no offense. Who knew he was going to turn out to be the best quarterback in football the past month? The Seahawks are 10-3 and three and outscored opponents by 20 points this season. The Chargers are 5-8. and eight. They've outscored opponents by 38 points this season. I'm watching the Chargers. Yes, I go, of course the Chargers are doing this. But by the way, the Jags. And you, don't, you shouldn't be able to pick up your paychecks. Talk about quitting. And they quit a month ago. And they're going to cost Doug Marone his job. But that's been a mess there, really. If it could go any worse, maybe they'd be the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I know you love to tell us what's on your mind. You don't have to tell us everything on your mind. You're not a doctor. Don't play one on TV. Don't get involved in the OBJ. Your, your, your problems are far greater than Odell Beckham Jr., the third sports hernia. We'll talk about that situation as well. That was after a win, by the way. And now OBJ wants out. All right. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, David Pollack from the Mothership, former uh, college great. He will uh, tell us who got screwed in the uh, college football playoff committee rankings here. The final ones as we head into the final four. We'll get to phone calls here, best and worst of the weekend. Kirk Cousins from the Vikings. When's the last time we had him on? I know we've had him on as a professional. We have? I think so. I think we've had him on at least once as a pro. We yes. had him on in studio last year at the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. Right? In but, Atlanta? But on the phone, it, it was a long stretch between Michigan State Kirk Cousins singing Friday, Friday. Correct. And then his next appearance on the show when RG3 went down. I think he made an appearance as a Redskin, but I don't, I'm not sure of that. Okay. All right. So Kirk Cousins will join us. Peter King from NBC Sports will join us. Coming up as well. 18 after the hour, just getting started on this Monday. Dan and the Dan, that's Dan Patrick Show. Okay, this is just a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please, please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. The company that has been offering you great rates and great service for 75 years, it's GEICO. I've been using them for a long time myself. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. No recordings. The company, GEICO. Go to GEICO.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, but I've been a fan and a customer of Geico for a long time. And in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, I'm out. Celebrate the big 2020 with T-Mobile. Switch now and get two lines for just 90 bucks and two new iPhone 11s on us. So you can take a portrait built for two with the ultra-wide camera. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, cute. Hurry in to T-Mobile and get two lines for 90 bucks and two iPhone 11s on us with qualifying trades. Via 24 credits for well-qualified buyers with auto pay, plus taxes and fees. If you cancel before receiving 24 credits, you may go up to the full value of your device of $699.99. Contact us. Qualifying port ends and finance agreements required. 
Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Field for the ball. Back to throw. Looking left, looking middle of the field, fires middle of the field, and it's caught at the five. And dancing into the end zone goes Ohio State receiver A.J. Hill on a touchdown pass of 16 yards as he weaved his way through the Badger defense. And Ohio State has their first lead of the night, 23-21. That's courtesy of Learfield IMG College, Ohio State. Erases a 14-point halftime deficit, beats Wisconsin 34-21, third straight Big Ten championship. That's your Discover Play of the Weekend. You want to hear something amazing about Discover? Check that credit card out. Millions of people getting their cash back match. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cashback match. We'll talk to David Pollack, covers college football for ESPN. Their college football analyst, he'll join us. Are we going to settle on a poll question, McLevin? Uh, yeah, one more question. Did the committee get it right with LSU being one and Ohio State two? I'm going to say yes because LSU dominated Georgia in Atlanta and they look great from start to finish. Ohio State, as much as we want to give them credit for, well, they played great in the second half. They didn't play great in the first half. So those cancel each other out. Now, if you want to say body of work the entire season, I'd still go with LSU. I thought LSU was the best team I saw this year. I think that's as good of, of a, an Ohio State team as I've seen in a long, long time. But LSU, to me, offensively, defensively, like Georgia is supposed to be the fourth team, fourth best team in the country. That wasn't even close. And Joe Burrow, he's special. I, I you know, and I worry when I see someone like this, and I go, but what's he going to be like in Cincinnati, you know, or Miami? You know, that's, that's where you can say, boy, that's our savior. That doesn't mean it works out that way. Whereas if you get drafted, like Tua, I think, could end up being a better pro from the standpoint of, does he get with a better team sooner than Joe Burrow will? Because sometimes you get these quarterbacks and they go early and they're asked to be a savior. And then they get into a bad situation there. You change coaches, offensive coordinators. You lose your confidence. I've seen this happen many, many times. David Pollock used to chase quarterbacks for a living. Now he talks about them. College game day concludes its regular season this Saturday, live from Army-Navy, and they start at 9 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. David, thanks for joining us. What stood out in that final four rankings for you? I think it was the same thing everybody else thought, just uh, that the committee moved LSU ahead of Ohio State. Um, listen, LSU has a case. Ohio State has a case. I think if you play the long game and the consistency game, you would probably lean towards Ohio State for a season of domination, no bad games, um, consistently showing up both sides of the football. Um, but then you look at LSU and you start looking at the resume, and they got four wins in the top 13. And that's pretty daggum impressive. And they destroyed Georgia, the number four team in the country, this weekend at the SEC Championship game. So I think just, you know, Dan, this year was the most important year to have the number one seed by far because number three – can win the whole thing. You know, that, that, this is the first time we've come into where you go, there's three legitimate teams I think that if you picked, 
could be the favorite on any given day. So that's kind of crazy, and it's going to be a heck of a playoff because of it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I brought this up, and I heard from my uh, my friends who live in Ohio, where I grew up, that Ohio State, look at what we did in the second half. And I said, but what did you not do in the first half? I can't give you credit for the second half if I can't give you blame for the first half. And LSU, from start to finish, dominated a Georgia team that, you know, didn't even belong on the field with them. So I, I, I know it's recency bias. But I've looked at LSU, and, you know, what they did against Alabama maybe doesn't look that impressive, but what they did against Georgia in Atlanta, um, you know, I'm going to give them the nod here. It's slight, but I, I would give them the nod. Well, Dan, I would say that the, the best win of the season, period, um, is LSU going to Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama. I mean, if you want to point to the most impressive thing, to me, that was the, the most impressive thing because Alabama, obviously, at home, they don't lose. They don't lose very many games, period, and they had a guy named Tua at quarterback. So, you know, I definitely think that was the – if you're going to highlight one win that was the best win, I think that was the best win in college football this season. And Clemson, I know Dabo Sweeney loves playing the underdog role, the oh, woe is me, and, uh, you know, the committee didn't want us in, and they got us number three here. All right. Uh, let, let, let's see what you do against Ohio State, you know. I, I, I know that we're not quite sure how good Clemson is, but they are defending champs, great running back. They got a, a great quarterback. Um, defense isn't as good as last year, but Clemson against Ohio State, what do you make of that? Well, I, first of all, I, I, don't, I know how good Clemson is because I've seen this time and time again, and we've seen this time and time again. They have the easiest path every year, and I would argue this might be the easiest path in the history of college football um, <laughs> with what they had to go to get to the playoff. But you look at the dudes they have, they got dudes, Dan. I mean, they got guys like Ross and Higgins out wide that are six foot four, six foot five wide receivers that can make plays. Trevor Lawrence has been spinning that thing and finally, you know, got over a little bit of a sophomore slump the way he started this season. By the way, it's hard when you have humps like me talking about Trevor Lawrence in the offseason saying, hey, if he left right now after his freshman year, he's going to be the number one pick. And he heard that all offseason. And he heard how great he was. And I think once he started clicking and taking what the defense gives them and not turning the football over, now you know they can win. They can win it all. Isaiah Simmons is one of the best defensive playmakers in college football. I think it'll be a, a heck of a showdown. you got two running backs that are probably two of the more underrated uh, machines, you know, you're going to talk about uh, Fields a lot, and you're going to talk about Lawrence a lot. Etn, you know, he's only averaging about nine yards to carry in his career. That's, you know, he's okay, Dan. He's going to do the trick. And then J.K. Dobbins, every big game for Ohio State, yeah. he's carried the ball 30 plus times and, and had over 150 yards and been a key cog. So, man, you got playmakers, Palooza. It'll be interesting to watch Chase Young. You know, the the number one pick maybe this year chasing around Trevor Lawrence, maybe the number one pick next year. And there will not be a shortage of dudes that you're going to see on NFL uh, Sundays and Monday Night Football in the future. Give me the quarterback that you would not want to face out of these finals. Joe Burrow. Okay. Joe Burrow. <laughs> and it ain't close, bro. It, it, I mean, it just – I tell you what, man, I, you just marvel at this kid and what he's been able to accomplish. And I would – I would, if the Bengals, you know, I'm, I'm an old Cincinnati Bengals. I had a long, illustrious career, about a, a season in three games um, with the Bengals. But I, if I'm the Bengals, I'm taking him number one, Dan, and I'm saying, Joe Brady, you're coming with me as my offensive coordinator, and we're going to go wreck the NFL. And then I tell you what, the reason Joe Burrow, first of all, he's, you know, he's an older guy that's been through some stuff, and you can tell. You know, he goes to Ohio State, doesn't work out transfers to uh, LSU. He's not in classes. The dude is a, is a professional quarterback. I mean, he studies the game like crazy, knows the game. And here's the thing. 
he has the best accuracy I've ever seen in college football. I mean, the ball hits these guys in stride, in the numbers, right here, right where they need it. Um, with couple that with a system that's very um, new school and that attacks every part of the field and has weapons all over the field. And by the way, so not only do they have answers for every single coverage you want to throw at them and athletes that can win at every single level, you got to if you're not watching him, the dude's a freaky athlete too. I mean, he is. He completed a 20-yard pass to himself the other day, Dan. Who does that crap? I mean, it was awesome. Wait, that wait, wait. Pass. Let me go back. Like Burrow doesn't go to class. So he's he's a professional quarterback at LSU. He's not enrolled in classes. He's taking online classes. He ain't going to class. He ain't going to school. He's literally a, a professional quarterback. He's already graduated. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's there to literally be a quarterback first and foremost, and he's doing a great job of it. So, you know, it's his, it's his ability to really – to, to buy time, break tackles. He's, he's got a sixth sense, a spider sense of when somebody – if one person's coming at him, he's like, eh, I'm not worried about one person. If two people are coming at him, you're like, all right, now I might be a little bit worried. But dude's been sick. It's been one of the coolest stories in, in college football to watch LSU's Stone Age offense come to the new world and just destroy people. Yeah, this might be – I'm trying to think the largest margin for a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, who finishes runner-up here? I have no clue. I mean, I don't even know. I don't, you have to have a certain amount of votes, member, to be at the ceremony. Yeah. I don't even know if anybody's going to be there besides Joe. <laughs> Joe, just, Joe just might be there by him. Because keep him, like, Fields and Dobbins and Chase Young are all going to, you know, split votes. You know, does Trevor Lawrence climb back in this thing? It, it's, it's nuts, man. Two is obviously out. It's, it's kind of, you know, hey, Joe, just, just come by yourself, Joe, and we'll, we'll announce you the winner. We're talking to David Pollock. College game day concludes its regular season this Saturday, live from Army-Navy. That'll uh, start at 9 a.m. Eastern on the mothership. Do we all win that Lane Kiffin is now back in the SEC? Yes, us in the media, of course. I mean, you know Lane is not going to be afraid to, to take shots. And, um, you know, it's, he's, first of all, he's an offensive savant. I mean, he's definitely, you know, a genius and a great play caller. I'm just – I'm very curious to see – if that guy does continue to be inside of him, because I hope he matured and I hope he learned from his, you know, his mess ups. And I hope he, I hope he got a little bit more structured. Listen, this guy's always been a great play caller, but building a team and being the mature adult in the room and making sure he's leading the guys and demanding of them. Um, I think he's lacked some of that in the, in the past. And he talked about it on our show yesterday. I was impressed. He was like, listen, this doesn't happen without Nick Saban. And so he was very thankful for Nick Saban and his time that he got to go spend with Nick. And now when he comes into Ole Miss, how soon before he takes a shot at Nick or takes a swing at Nick, I don't think um, it'll be long. But just uh, Ole Miss, it, it, this is an interesting spot for Ole Miss because, you know, that's a hire that uh, I'm not sure everybody's always on board with. And, and I know everybody on board with, but maybe not be on board with there. Um, but they're going to give him a try and, and continue in that offensive footprint of when they were really good with Hugh Freeze a couple of years ago. It was having a great offensive coach, and I think that's what they're looking for. Uh, one more item. I saw this as a, a possibility for the head coaching position with the Washington Redskins, David Shaw with Stanford. I don't know if there's any validity to it, but his name has been mentioned before. They had a down year at Stanford. Could you see David Shaw maybe this year jumping to the NFL? He's had a couple of down years, and and I tell you what, I think that I don't know what you want to call it, but the, I think the run and remember remember the intellectual brutality and um, the Stanford facade is definitely gone. I, 
you know, I think he would be a phenomenal coach at the next level. He relates to kids really, really well. I don't know if he would leave, but he would be a great coach. He would be a great guy at this level. I mean, if you're going to start mentioning guys, it's David Shaw, Lincoln Riley, Matt Rule. You know, those are three that come to mind right away transferring from, from college that you know would do really, really well at the next level. And David Shaw, he's, you know, listen, the NFL's changing. And you've seen, you know, golly, I'm watching the NFL and I'm, I'm watching the 49ers yesterday and watching trick plays Palooza and, and watching the Patriots and trick plays and watching Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. And you're seeing way more, you know, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And you're seeing way more elements of college football. But um, David Shaw is a will command respect from everybody. He'd be, a, I think he'd be a very successful NFL coach, but Washington isn't the best destination, I don't think, mm. to, to be successful. It's been a hot minute. David, uh, thanks for joining us as always. We'll be watching this weekend. Army-Navy starts at 9 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Thank you, David. Appreciate that. Good talking to you, That's David Pollack. By the way, LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson all 13-0 after winning their conference championship games on Saturday. This is the first time you've had three teams from the current Power Five conferences who will go into the bowl season undefeated at the same time. First time since 2004, Auburn, Oklahoma, USC. And Auburn was number three in the BCS that year, left out of the national title game. Now, you start to look at, you know, Lane Kiffin going to Ole Miss. And I didn't know how long Lane Kiffin would stay in his current job. You know, it just felt like he was sort of waiting, waiting, waiting. You know, Arkansas was a possibility there. And I look at Arkansas and Ole Miss, I don't know, are they the same jobs? Mid-level? SEC? Like when, when was Arkansas last relevant? Ryan Mallett? I was thinking Ryan Mallett, but... A few other guys. It's, and it, Matt Jones, who became a receiver in the NFL. Oh, right? I know. Remember that? Didn't Jacksonville take... At 21? I know. I don't know if he ever even played, really. I think he played, but he was this unbelievable athlete. And then... They were going to make him a wide receiver. Do I have to go back to Darren McFadden? Oh, nice. He was so good. He in was college. great. He was great. But Ole Miss has had some good pros, too, haven't they? Like Eli. I think they paid him like they were pros. Can DJ? Isn't that the problem that they had there at Ole Miss? Yeah, Paul. They had the Bo Wallace, La- Laquan Treadwell, Robert Kandice triumvirate for mm, two years. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I got it. In 2011, Arkansas was 11-2 and two with Petrino. Yeah, Bobby Petrino was shady, but man, he could coach. You know, <laughs> that's a tombstone. Yeah, probably, but <laughs> that's a I, I, I know. I mean, I wouldn't turn my program over to him, but I do. I do have respect that you know he he can win. He puts up offensive numbers. You know what he did at Louisville, what he didn't do with the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> but you know. And Lane Kiffin's got got a lot of opportunities here. And I don't know if he's done anything that warrants getting these opportunities. You know, this last job, okay, it was kind of impressive. But the other stops that he's had, how brief they were, uh, he hadn't really, hadn't really done anything. But I do think he's a great personality to have. I think it's fun for college football that Lane Kiffin will be in the SEC. Yes, McLevin. I look at Ole Miss's record year by year, and they're all adjusted by NCAA to 0 and 10. <laughs> I, the Hugh Freeze era, the records are completely nonsensical. Oh, boy. All right, we'll come back. we got our play of the day. I'm, I, there's a quarterback that fascinates me every single weekend. Every single weekend, he never fails to deliver. 
good and bad. Have that for you coming up. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Oh, my God. The play of the day. Back. He throws out left. Caught. Short killed on the sideline. 40. Dropped by a man. Stiff arms a man. Still pushing out flag. Let's see where it all ends. Right now, the 49ers are about the same 30-yard line. George Kittle went crazy on the play. Caught it. Ran down the sideline. Did he stiff arm? Or did they stiff arm back? Marcus Williams grabs his face mask. That's going to be a penalty on wow. New Orleans. Wow. Niners Radio Network. That'll be one of the top five plays of the NFL regular season because of the importance of it as well. You went on the road against the Saints. George Kittle refused to go down. A little Tom Petty, I won't back down. The game produced over 1,000 yards in total offense, 12 touchdowns, and 94 points. Play of the day brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Products second to none. See for yourself for just $5, the ultimate shave starter set. Basically everything you need for an amazing shave. After that, the restock box ships regular-sized products at regular prices. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash Patrick. Uh, we were looking at the uh, Dr. Pepper contest where uh, they have two contestants, and they have to throw a football into a hole in a little contraption there, and there were some chest passes going on. They weren't actually throwing the football. They were chest passes. And look, and I don't have any problem with it. I don't have any problem if you're going to throw Ugh. chess. But no, I don't. Because if I can outsmart the system and I could win with chess passes for $100,000, I'll do that. All you got to do is take them back 15 yards, and then they won't be able to do the chess pass. Then you'll have them throwing the football if you want to. But look, if they're going to rig the system in their favor, all right, fine. You know, I don't need to have somebody, you know, throwing, like, you know, like their uh, Tom Brady out there. Actually, they might have thrown better than Brady. What? Uh, yes, Paul. There's a lot of anger, though. People think that the, Dr. Pepper should have new rules for the upcoming season. You have to be in a quarterback <laughs> form. There was a young lady who won, and she threw it pretty properly. Really I nice. It. I loved it. She was spinning it. Yeah. But, but you know, they these guys are probably math majors or physics or geom, uh, you know, whatever. They're, they're applying some real high-end education, I think, throwing the chess pass that I never would have thought of. Yes, yeah, see. And they don't really strike me as the kind of kids that are, or that are worried about their, like, athletic street cred. But it's kind of like, I just want the check. I'm not worried about you. You yeah. don't like my throwing form. I'm good. Yes, McLovin. Brady probably would have thrown a few of those balls away, wow. too, because it's just not there. Or I do love when Brady's about to be sacked, and they just he just dumps it real quick. Like, there, there, there's no drama. And then I see Deshaun Watson. I, I pray for Deshaun Watson. I do. I truly pray that he will have a great, healthy, long career. 
Because when he holds onto the football, he takes a beating. There's nothing wrong with throwing it away. Nothing. But when you're going to throw it, you're going to try to make something happen, bad things normally happen. And you saw that with Deshaun Watson a couple of times yesterday. All right. The quarterback that fascinates me every single week. Fritzy, do you want to guess the quarterback that I'm absolutely fascinated with? My initial thought was Tannehill. All right. Ryan Tannehill's been awesome the last four games. McLovin? Come back to me. I got to think about it. Okay. Seton O'Connor. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is not fascinating. Okay. It fascinates me that he's starting as a quarterback in the NFL right now. Paulie? I'm 100% sure it's Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is correct. I am fascinated (laughs) by Jameis Winston. In yesterday's win over the Colts, Mike Jameis Winston became the first player in NFL history to do the following. At least 400 yards passing, four-plus touchdowns, at least one rushing touchdown, and three interceptions all in the same game. He giveth, he taketh away. Now, he's on pace to throw for 5,000 yards, 32 touchdowns, and 28 interceptions. (laughs) Balanced. Yes. No one has had a 5,000-yard, 20-interception season. No one's ever done that. He truly giveth and taketh away. He is your strength and your weakness. All in the same game. But, you know, Tampa's got a question here. I mean, they, they really have a question here. And I think, I think it might come down to this for Tampa. Now, I don't have any intel on this. This is just a gut feeling. Tampa may have to decide between Jameis Winston or Cam Newton. Do you bring in Cam Newton, keep him in the NFC South? He's going to cost you, but so is Jameis Winston. If I said they're going to cost you the same, would you rather have Jameis Winston or Cam Newton? And with Bruce Arians, I don't know. He, From what I'm told, he loves Jameis Winston because he's got a lot of talent. And I don't think that's ever the issue with Jameis Winston. You know, he thinks he's Brett Favre out there. And Favre ended up with 300 interceptions for his career. Granted, Hall of Fame career, but... He's a little too loosey-goosey at times for me. But he does. He fascinates me, man. He does. All right. Got our poll question, McLovin, that we're going to settle in on? Well, I just put up as a placeholder who's coming out of the AFC, the Ravens or the field. Care to guess how people voted on that one? I, I'll give you a hint. It's really close. Hmm. I'm going to say they think the Ravens are coming out of the AFC. Now, 52% the field. Okay. So it means 48% think the Ravens coming out. Okay, but who are you then banking on? Are, are you going to bank on the Patriots? Are you going to bank on the Texans? Are you going to bank on the Titans? Are you going to bank on the Chiefs? A lot of people like the Chiefs, I think. Now that, you know, Mahomes hurt his hand a little bit. That's scary, but. Yeah, you're fine. They've, they've beaten the Ra- they beat the Ravens this year. Yeah, I'm just not sure. I don't know how good that defense is. Because New England's offense isn't any good. And the line is not very good. But Kansas City's defense did look pretty good. And you did beat New England in New England, no matter who is playing for New England. They hadn't lost there in, what, 21 games. Yeah, Paul. Is it fair to say right now the Titans are the third-best team, third most threatening team in the AFC? They've outscored their opponents by 63 points. I know. That's uh, only behind the Patriots and the uh, Chiefs. And I'm sorry, and the Ravens. Now, they're, 
I'm saying, do the do the Titans feel more threatening right now than the Patriots? Feel like it. Maybe not a month from now. But then you have the Titans facing the Texans in two of the next three games. They're in the same division, and they haven't played each other the entire year. And now they play in two of the next three games. I feel like I know the, the Titans more than I do the Texans. Because all week long, Bill O'Brien said, I'm not going to let them let down. They're not going to have a letdown. Well, they had a letdown. And granted, if that game had gone to another quarter, they probably would have lost. You know, they would have won the game against Denver. But Denver got out to a, what was it, 38-3, to and then it's 38-24, and then all of a sudden you're holding on for dear life. You can't give up 38 points at home. Yeah, McLeod. I don't totally agree with that Titans statement because of who they beat. And they beat the Chiefs, but Mahomes was still wobbly off an injury. And then they've beaten the Jags, the the Colts, uh, who've had their own injury problems, and the Raiders, who are now beat up, like Jacobson played yesterday. They haven't. I'm not sure that we know how they are against a good team. We'll probably they probably make the playoffs, but they you know they're beating some wounded ducks. Okay, who would be more dangerous between the Steelers and the Titans? That's a toss up, man. I don't know. I think that's a real close. I think Titans by a bit, but I think the Patriots are way more dangerous than the Titans. It feels like the Steelers might be more dangerous because, I, you know, I like the defense. They seem to have figured out a little bit more on offense here. Now, granted, they beat Arizona, but I, I don't know. I, th- those two teams are really fascinating right now. And Mike Tomlin might be the coach of the year, although I give it to John Harbaugh. Peter King will join us coming up next hour. Dan Patrick Show. During the season of giving, we'd like to offer you a little something special, and all we're asking in return is a few moments of your time. We need you to complete a short survey because your opinion matters to us and helps support the show. It'll only take a couple of minutes, and if you're one of the first people to do it, we'll give you a reward in return. Just go to podcast1.study, and everything will be right there for you. That's podcast1.study. The first 150 people to complete the survey will get a $10 gift card to Amazon.com. All of our shows are supported by advertisers, so filling this out will really help us. So please go to podcast1.study, and as always, thank you for supporting the show and happy holidays from all of us at podcast one five hour energy helps you get through your crazy on the go life and now it comes in two great tropical flavors strawberry banana and tropical burst they're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise try them both then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com you could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go offer ends 73120 terms apply see www.5hewin.com for details